Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in The Word with us today. Today's gospel comes from Luke, the 17th chapter, beginning with verse 11. Normally, I read the gospel before I share my reflection, but I'm going to invite you to read the gospel on your own today. We'll put a link to it in our show notes. In today's gospel, 10 men cry out to Jesus for healing and for help, and Jesus does help them. And one of the men returns to Jesus to offer thanks and to offer praise. So that's the gospel. But the text that I want to share with you before sharing my reflection today is actually the psalm that is part of our scripture readings today. It is Psalm 111, and I'm going to read a translation for you from our hymnal that we use in worship. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in him. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has gained renown by his wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He is ever mindful of his covenant. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Many years ago, I went to visit a friend who had dementia. And from the moment I entered her room until the moment I left, gratitude sprang forth from her mouth. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for visiting. I'm thankful for my eyes and my ears and my knees. I'm thankful that I have this beautiful place to live. Her thanks went on and on. Every single word from her mouth was an outpouring of thanksgiving and praise. And as I prepared to leave her that day, I asked God that I might have an ounce of the gratitude that was so central for my friend. Social scientists teach us that gratitude is good for us. It improves our outlook and it impacts our health. Scores of articles and books have been written on this theme, and many of us have heard of and perhaps even practiced the lasting benefits of a gratitude journal. If you were to look at Luke's Gospel today from Luke 17, you might think at first glance that today's Gospel is a story about Jesus healing a man and a man giving thanks. But it's not just any man who returns to give thanks. It's a Samaritan leper who becomes this surprising model of one who expresses proper gratitude to God for healing. A writer by the name of Debbie Thomas reminds us, one person returns to Jesus to express his gratitude, and he alone of the ten experiences the fullness of salvation. 
Clearly, there is something about the practice of thankfulness that enlarges, blesses, and restores us. The leper's lavish display of gratitude and the commendation he receives from Jesus in return demonstrate that we are created to recognize life as a divine gift and to find our salvation at the feet of our giver. Jesus welcomes our gratitude. That might be our takeaway from the gospel for today, and it wouldn't be wrong, but it's probably incomplete. To get a fuller picture, it helps to turn to that psalm that I just read a few moments ago, Psalm 111. You may not know that the book of Psalms is the ancient hymnal of God's people. Collected and compiled in the years after Israel returned from their exile, the Psalms gathered together prayers and hymns and ancient liturgies. In the pages of the Psalms, we experience the full range of human emotion in poetic form. Of course, the original language of the Psalms is Hebrew, and so we often miss much of the poetry that is embedded in these texts. In the original Hebrew text, Psalm 111 begins with a word that you've likely heard, hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. And what unfolds in each successive line are the reasons for which the writer gives praise and thanks to God. In the original Hebrew, each of the lines of this psalm begins with another letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which of course is impossible to capture in English. But in essence, Psalm 111 unfolds as an ABC of thanksgiving. In just a single reading, we might not catch that the psalm names various for reasons for which God's people give thanks, but as it moves through each verse, the psalm recalls elements of Israel's ancient story as an oppressed people in Egypt. It gives voice to Israel's founding story that the Lord brought Israel to freedom, led it through the wilderness, and provided for its needs along the way. Whenever our ancient ancestors raised this psalm in worship, they were remembering how God had acted for them throughout their history. When we raise this psalm in worship, we are remembering how God has acted for our ancestors in history and how God is still revealing God's care for us today. Let me be even more clear with what's happening here. In Psalm 111, the ABCs of Thanksgiving, which was added to Israel's hymnal after their time of exile, the writer puts into poetic form the reasons for which Israel has to give thanks and worship God. In the face of our ancient ancestors' experience of the trauma of exile, they made a point to remember, and even more importantly, to give thanks for God's hand at work in their story. And by remembering how God had acted in Israel's past, Psalm 111 wants to remind a recently traumatized people that God will continue to act in Israel's present and future. When we raise our hallelujahs, 
we are reminding ourselves and anyone who will listen that God is not finished with this world just yet. God who acted in Israel's history and is revealed in Jesus' death and resurrection, God is not finished with us or with this world that God so loves. Jesus' resurrection is the first glimpse that we have of God's promised kingdom. And every single time we name our thanksgiving, we are pointing to another moment of God's revelation. A biblical scholar by the name of David Plines asks a question that is one that ancient Israel might have asked and perhaps one that we might ask as well. He says, how can we possibly give thanks in a world dominated by war and disease, drought and famine, refugee flight and death squads? We might add, how can we possibly give thanks in a world where the lingering impacts of a global pandemic remain part of our daily reality and will for years to come? The writer continues, we cannot hide our struggles from one another. Worship must enable us to see where God is at work in the world, affirming the acts of God through thanks to God. To see the good in this world and to give thanks for it is a radical act. To point out where God is at work is to point out where injustice fails and to see where the world's transformation is taking place. Psalm 111 and others like it give us a way to offer thanks to God when healing defeats suffering, forgiveness blots out sin, and human deeds triumph over political expediencies. The ability to give thanks is a radically humanizing endeavor by which we refuse to let the triumphs of evil destroy our capacity to see God at work in our torn world. Can you see? Giving thanks is about far more than just good manners and personal well-being. Jesus commends the leper who gives thanks because he is the one who is able to see that God has reached into this world through Jesus and brought healing and restoration to him. As Jesus sees the men calling to him for mercy in today's gospel, and then the Samaritan leper sees what God has done for him through the power and presence of Jesus, we are called to see what God is up to in our world and to speak our thanks for those who have ears to hear. When we do this, we are continuing to show the world that God's majestic and wonderful deeds are still at work. God's grace and mercy is alive and God's praise continues to be proclaimed for a new age. So that is my invitation to you this week. Where do you see God's wondrous work revealed? In a world where so much of evil and destruction is visible and named, where do you see God's mercy being revealed and God's righteousness standing? What do you see in the world around you that leads you to raise your hallelujah? You might consider writing your own ABCs of thanksgiving for God's wonderful deeds this week. Maybe gather your family at the dinner table each week and name the ways that you give thanks to God. 
Or you might make a point of identifying one place each day that you are seeing God's righteousness break into our world. Whether it be through an act of justice or a place where your needs or the needs of others are being met by God's hands opening wide. Where do you see God's work bringing life to this world? Where will you raise your hallelujah? The Samaritan man in today's gospel knew what we sometimes forget. God's praise endures forever. When we see the Lord's work in this world and in our lives, and when we pause to share our thanks and praise. And when we do this, we reveal a living faith that sees God at work. And that is always worthy of our hallelujahs. We hope you've been fed by the word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at the word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.